0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Pirelli Scorpion Weather Active, but did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerackcom the way tire buying should be.
1: complete terms. The volume.
0: This week on Prime Cuts, Chad Millman, Sharper Square, John Middlecoff on Lamar Jackson playing the best football of his career, and my top takes of the week. Okay, you know I'm from the Pacific Northwest, so this one feels special. My favorite team as a kid growing up was the Washington Huskies. They beat the Longhorns 37-31. to I think I felt the entire game. I bet a money line on DraftKings today. Um, I just kept saying Texas has better players, Texas has better players. And then over the last 24 hours, I'm like, what am I doing? Washington's receivers and quarterback are a huge mismatch edge over uh, the secondary for the Longhorns. And I like Sark. I love Kalen DeBoer as a coach and the time. I mean, their execution until the final minute of the game was the cleanest of the four teams that played in the playoff. And they have the fewest four and five-star recruits. So this this staff develops um, and coaches, it's butt off. Uh, By the way, when you put in four really good football teams, Instead of three really good teams and one that's deserving, whatever that means, Florida State, this is what it looks like. That was the best day of college football, the best playoff day of college football in its history, because nobody got caught up on deserving. It was just four really good teams with big time quarterbacks and big time coaches, most important position, healthy and ready to roll. Okay, Florida State would have dragged this entire thing down. So bigger argument is Georgia getting in, but let's not waste any time talking about that. They didn't. Uh, So 37 to 31. Um, I think Washington will probably be a three to a four-point underdog against Michigan. Uh, I'll take Washington in the points, Uh, although I'm not sure they'll win. I think the game, uh, Michigan's got much better defensive backs than Texas and uh, are a handful. I mean, Washington just went through a battle with a big, strong Texas team. And here we go. One week from now, uh, it's Michigan. So that's going to be an all-time classic. Um, let's start with Washington. This is how they play. So this, all their games look like this. It's exhausting. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, been a Husky fan forever. This, this has been, I mean, in the history of college football, the team that wins the national championship looks like it in about week four or five And they usually have six to seven blowouts. Even in the NFL, over the last decade, all but one team in the last decade, one Super Bowl champ has had fewer than six blowouts. And that's in pro football. The margins are very tight. In college football, your national championship team usually has seven or eight blowouts. That's what, um, you know, like Michigan had this year, that's what Texas had. Washington doesn't blow out. Anybody. I mean, they, the Apple Cup against Washington State was close. Oregon State in the rain was close. <laughs> Arizona State was close. Washington plays close football games. They don't have a loaded four and five star roster. They don't play downhill. What they do is have the ability, if they play poorly, to score quickly and score late because of Michael Penix. And let's talk about Penix. I think he throws the best football since maybe Joe Burrow in college. Um, you know, it's interesting. So, Justin Herbert and C.J. Stroud at Oregon and Ohio State in their last college game, their coaches let him run. Did you notice tonight, Penix doesn't run. He was, a, he was a running quarterback to some degree at Indiana, had a couple of surgeries, ACL. So they make him a pocket quarterback. But Washington's coaches had a couple of quarterback draws drawn up tonight, and they're going to let him run. They will let him run against Michigan, and it is a weapon. So J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix will be moving in that game. Their final college game for Penix, who is a uh, a more pure thrower of the football than J.J. McCarthy. Um, again, Washington is the kind of team they're really built for these kind of playoff games, because even if Washington would have been outplayed tonight and they weren't, they outplayed Texas, they're just built to come back and score two touchdowns in two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. That's that's what, so Washington's never out of a football game because they get very good pass protection. Penix was only sacked 11 times all year. That's insane for a guy that just sits in the pocket. He's not hyper anymore. Although he's mobile, he's not hyper JJ McCarthy's probably more mobile. He was sacked 11 times. And the, and the Pac 12 had the best conference it's had in years. So he faced Oregon's defensive front twice. Uh, and Texas couldn't get to him. One of the things about Michigan is that, and I talked about this on FS1, whatever makes you sleep better at night, go ahead. But the Patriots and Brady were better after Spygate. And they were better after Deflate Gate. Brady's numbers went up after Deflate Gate. The Colts were bitter. Because New England was dominating the series. And so they, you know, turned the Patriots in for deflate gate. Brady's numbers went up once there was no extra additive air to the ball or less air in the ball. Connor Stallions just, it was at most 1% for Michigan. They've played, if they beat Washington and they're favored to beat Washington, they will have beaten Washington, Alabama, and Ohio State in order with no, quote, cheating. This team is about hardball, their O-line, D-line, their lack of penalties, their NFL bodies, their upperclassmen, their discipline and intelligence. Whatever makes you sleep better at night, Spygate, Deflategate, Connor Stallions. But now we know they're not, quote, cheating. If they beat Washington, when's the last time Washington lost a football game? They've beaten Oregon twice and Texas twice in those four games. The last time they've played Texas twice, two bowl games, beat them both. Texas, Texas, who hammered Alabama, overwhelmed them in Tuscaloosa, physically pushed them around. So they're going to have beaten Washington, Ohio State's a juggernaut, and Alabama without the Connor Stallions advantage. This, this team is about so many things. If you think it's cheating signals, I, I, there's no reason. Like I said before, I'm not going to argue on certain things. Like the vaccines absolutely saved millions of lives, especially for older people. They weren't needed for kids. I'm not a fan of mandates. They saved a lot of lives. I know six or seven people that didn't get them, they were stubborn or they don't like needles. They got sick as hell. (laughs) My family, me, friends, lots of, we we took the vaccines, we had COVID, boom, two days, fine. Right? So I'm just not gonna argue with you. you. You go ahead and live in your conspiracy theory. I don't care. And you, you can go ahead and convince yourself that, you know, Connor Stallions is is the reason they won. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. They're going to give Washington's offense problems, and virtually nobody gives Washington's offense problems. And you're going to watch Monday night and go, geez, Washington's a little facing a little pressure. Washington seems to be off. And you're going to look up and realize this has never been about an iPhone's shaky video. And hand signals. This Michigan team is one great college receiver away from being an all-timer. This is a really good football team. Thank you to the committee for not bending a knee for a team that's deserving on a third quarterback. Let them play somewhere else. Let's get, what does deserving mean? Remember, there's only four playoff spots. There's five conferences plus Notre Dame. The structure of this playoff was always we could have six undefeated teams and four spots. Aesthetics matter. Optics matter. Always have. The very foundation of college football's playoff is four spots, five conferences plus Notre Dame. It's how you look, especially at the end of the season. And these teams looked really good. You know what? Texas losing... What it told you was the SEC team was the weakest team in it. So Michigan and Washington win, and Texas thumped Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So how about that? The SEC not only is not in the championship, they had the weakest. And I do believe that. Their offense is one-dimensional with Jalen Milrow. Bama SEC had the weakest team in the playoff. Wow. What a day. What a night. And I've said this, I didn't grow up in Texas, but I've always had an affinity for Sark and the Longhorns. Great program. They'll be back. Their NIL, their collective is raises a lot of money. Uh, Sark's a good coach. Uh, The SEC is a different ballgame. Nobody's going to go undefeated in the SEC anymore. And nobody's going undefeated in the Big Ten. (laughs) I don't care how good Michigan is. You got to go out to Seattle, Eugene, LA, Columbus. Nobody's going undefeated. In these conferences anymore and that's okay you'll be able to lose now if you're a big 10 or an sec team you you could lose two games and still get into the tournament if you're if they're the right two games you lose on the road close to a you know an oregon or an lsu but i you know undefeated boy that that seems highly unlikely highly unlikely
1: See a plan for complete terms.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... former NFL scout, John Middlecoff, who has the podcast, the very popular podcast at the volume three and out. Let's start with Miami, Baltimore for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, you add an extra week into the regular season of the NFL. I was not a fan of it. Um, I I have defended Thursday night football, though I don't think a lot of veteran players are ready to go. Uh, but here we are, teams falling apart. Uh, Miami, Chubb, Probably out for the playoffs. Tua banged up. Um, Howard, the defensive back, banged up. You know, here, you go to last weekend, you feel pretty good. You know, Baltimore's a little like San Francisco. They pound you. You come out of these games (laughs) against the Niners or the Ravens, and I look at what is Miami today? They're going to be a wild card team, a real possibility of that. Uh, What to you? Because I got thoughts on Dallas, just isn't close to the team that I thought they should have lost to Detroit. What's Miami to you today?
2: Well, to me, I think they're a one and done team in the playoffs. You know, assuming they lose to Buffalo, which I'm sure you and I know I I'm going to take Buffalo next week. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah. and that's a team that's you know obviously trending in the right direction. You know, what sucks for Miami is they were having an awesome season for them. Yeah. Right? They're not like some powerhouse franchise over the last couple decades. Right and now it all comes unravel. And here's the thing. What has been their downfall when they've played good teams. Now they did take care of business last week against Dallas, right? After Dak yeah. led them on that drive, they drove and they won the game. But today they were they were manhandled. Like that, that was yeah. a difference in class. And here's the thing with the, you know, not winning the division. Do you like this team on the road in Kansas City? Do you no. like this team on the road in Buffalo? Like, this is not even an indictment on McDaniel and Tua. It's the history of the franchise. They right. don't play well in weather. Like, listen, Kansas City's comfortable playing these 25-20 games. They'll yeah. do it all day long. And yeah. say, come on into Arrowhead, you're not going to beat us. Because that's that's got the 3-6 written all over it, right? Or however the, the seating breaks down. Uh, now, maybe, I, I guess, depending on how it breaks, could they... I guess if they lost next week, they they wouldn't even be the five; they'd be the six seed. So yeah. you you'd be looking at going on the road in Kansas City, and I, I don't think there's a soul that's going to pick them. And they 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 would be you know a one and done team, which sucks because they really did make some good strides. I do think big picture, you got Fangio, you keep improving the roster; like they're, they're not going away. But like physicality is a huge part of this league. And the Niners, who were clearly one of the more physical teams, got shoved around by the Ravens. And today was, did that look like Alabama playing Cal Poly or something today? You know
0: what, John? Think about this. In the last 20 years, who has dominated the NFL? Uh, New England, cold weather team. Baltimore has been a great team. Cold weather outdoor team. San Francisco. It's the Bay Area, but it's chilly. You get some in the late Year, it's windy and chilly. Um, You don't see, think about the warm weather teams, Brady goes down to Tampa quickly, but there is, there is an argument that the Philadelphias and the Baltimores and the New Englands, you know, it's, it's, um, and I'm not saying warm weather dome teams um, can't be really, really good, but we've watched Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, New England, you know, and, and I and and Baltimore and the AFC and and the Steelers have underperformed the last 10 years. They've still been viable. So I do think there is something. I mean, John, there's no question. I live in California. When I go on the road a 47 degree day, I'm like, get me out of (laughs) here. What is going on? When you when you play in Miami, it's not a criticism. It's a reality. I just don't trust them on the road in
2: January. Well, think about two of the better organizations with Drew Brees and the Saints and Peyton Manning and the Colts over the last couple decades were not great outdoor teams, you know, in the playoffs, right? They had to be in a confined environment to have their best opportunity. And they had Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, right? Just because the culture of your franchise, offensive cultures, both those two teams, right? Look at Miami. And today was less about Miami. I didn't think they were going to win. Was much more to me about Baltimore, who now checks all the boxes of a Super Bowl level team. They have a super bowl winning coach they have a quarterback who's going to win the mvp and is playing the best football of his career i i texted with a buddy who's on the staff after they kicked the niners ass and he's like i don't think people quite understand how good this defensive coordinator is he's like a boy yeah. genius he- he's pretty yeah. special and yeah. so they have incredible coaching great talent nailed some draft picks i mean zay flowers looks like tyreek oh. jr the, the, the personnel department has always been top-notch what happened last yeah. year trade for roquan smith leading tackler in the nfl they have guys on that defense on their front four that aren't sexy huge tj watt jj watt nick bosa you don't even beside Clowney, they're not famous group they dominate so and that, yeah. that's always kind of been their thing up front physicality we know they can run the ball now lamar's throwing like this i think the pressure uh I l- listen, I-, I think the two one seeds is Super Bowl or bust. Like anything less than a Super Bowl championship for the Niners or the Ravens is gonna feel like a a letdown. Now, you would say in the AFC, just playing Kansas City, who has championship medal, Buffalo, if they win with Josh Allen, that they're they're gonna be a tough out. It's still to me a little harder in the AFC than it yeah. will be for San Francisco. But I-, I I think Baltimore is clearly the heavy favorite right now.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I gotta be honest with you. Um whenever i see this on the internet and uh, i don't mind when fans do this i not that my standard for fans fan is short for fanatic so when fans want to get all fiery i have no problem with it but when i see the media do this stuff you know if if i want baltimore i'm really happy for baltimore and lamar jackson i had real doubts he was skinny and ran too much and my takeaway was i don't know if this is going to work in the pros if these gm if there was a secret to successful quarterbacks, then 77% of drafted quarterbacks round one through seven wouldn't fail. (laughs) Like nobody knows. I mean, outside of Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Elway, Marino, it's like, you don't know. But I will say this. I think one of the things I really, and I can explain it with Lamar, he was so magnificent stylistically and so unique that people just don't know what to do with players like that. I grew up with a player named George Gervin in the NBA. There's never been a player that played like him. The guy weighed, I swear to God, he weighed 150. He was 6'7". Everything was a finger roll. He was an all-star for years. But he never got listed among the greats because nobody played like George Girvin. He was this 6'7", wiry, small school, odd game. And Alex English led the 80s in the NBA in scoring. Didn't jump. Angle angle jump shooter. He didn't make the top 75 team. He led the 80s in scoring. Yeah. So, you when you get these players that are so unique, we don't know what to we don't know what to do with Lamar, but we have to acknowledge this. He just keeps getting better. He's clearly coachable and he is the soul of that team. Those
2: he's the opposite of Russ. His teammates love him. I mean they love him. He, to me, you know, for a guy now who's worth $200 million, still has a humility around him. And there's a uh, connectivity to him clearly in the locker room that I I think Jalen showed last year that you can't fake that. You either got it or you don't. It comes naturally to you. And like you said, this is why you draft on character, work ethic, and and love of football. Because that's how you improve. Like, you don't improve... You know, what what happens in six months when you're not practicing in the offseason? He's gotten dramatically better. The other conversation on the internet that's laughable is like, I can't believe no one went after him. It's like, yeah, the Ravens were never letting him go. Never. It's one of those things like in the NBA with restrictive free agency. Why did no one make Austin Reeves an offer? Because the Lakers were going to match it. The the (laughs) Ravens weren't trading you Lamar Jackson, right? And clearly, you know, here's the other thing. Young people situations financially impact, you know, mentally we get impacted by all sorts of things. And clearly last year threw them off the contract. This is a business though. And I'm sure we'll talk about Sean Payton and Russell. Like we're talking a lot of money. So sometimes they get kind of contentious. Last year was weird. They figured it out. Everything's good. And, And not only this year, don't you feel just for the next several years, He's kind of come into his own a lot like Mahomes did several years ago, Josh Allen. I mean, he's one of the best players in recent memory.
0: I remember when Aaron Rodgers was in his prime, and Vegas said he was worth 11 points a game. If you look at the Ravens with Lamar, 28 a game, without him, 17. So he's worth 11 points. He is Aaron Rodgers in his prime. And what I like about him, whereas Aaron's sort of a finesse player, you know, he throws it off his feet, um, throws it away if he doesn't like to play. Lamar has a weird physicality about him. Like,
2: I, he kind of likes to get hit. He's he's kind of physical. And I think players feed off it. I think he is so much better than he was when he won the MVP and kind of took the league by storm. He's so much under yeah. control. You know, for, yes. for for a running quarterback, he feels much more poised now when he's scrambling around because he's scrambling, looking to throw. I also think he's always kind of had a knack. When I was in Philly, Michael Vick was kind of reckless. He didn't know how to slide. He he went yeah. into a lot of contact and got mollywhopped. Lamar's pretty good at like kind of hitting the ground on some runs. Yeah. He's not trying to be a hero, and no one questions that. Like it's like Lamar, we got to pick your spots. You're too valuable, and he's just come into his own with his talent. Like I. He's gonna have a lot of pressure though in the playoffs because it's yeah, now home yeah. games. Yeah. He hasn't much had much, you know, postseason success. This team's built to win big. It's a tough place to play. He's, yeah. got, you know, they kind of get two weeks now. This game doesn't mean anything. Next week, you get the two week rest, a lot like the 49ers. and it's just it's everyone's looking at them like if you're not in the Super Bowl, it's gonna be a major major disappointment.
0: All right, time for Sharper Square. Chad Millman, CCO of the Action Network, all odds provided by DraftKings. I'm not prone to brag, but I am on a little bit of a heater.
1: Don't uh,
3: talk about it. Don't <laughs> say it. You're going to turn yourself into a cooler, man.
0: I know. So listen, there's only two games all year that have made me bitter and losing. I lost a doink and the Saints game because they hit the crossbar on a kick. and that Colts Raiders game. You told me to stay away. I still
3: contend this morning. The Colts was the side. Whatever,
0: whatever.
3: (laughs) You know what though? Here's the good news. Here's the good news. You and I were texting and I was begging you to bet the Cardinals to be my betting buddy. And you did. I did. And it felt good, right? It felt great. But I, you know what's funny? (laughs) I
0: really, I, Greg Cosell comes on my show and I told Greg today, I said, Greg, I watch him play and I'm like, there's not three of him on the planet. I like Kyler Murray. Talk, I don't care about his video games. I watch him. I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't want to tackle him. He's just great. He's just like, if you were in a schoolyard and you're like, who's the guy that nobody can tackle? You'd be like, that guy, him and Lamar. Yeah. Like, I just like him. So, all right, let's start, let's start with this because it's, it's a weird week. It's a bad week. You don't have starters. Who really cares? One of the things a, a sports gambler told me years ago, he loved betting March Madness. He goes, because everybody's in. There's no like, oh, you know, it's a long road trip like the NBA. goes, NBA, you've got to pick your spots. March Madness, all games are true. This is the most untrue week of the NFL season. Like, who cares? So I would take the Texans minus one and a half against the Colts because basically you're saying to yourself, who do you trust? Yes. I think CJ Stroud is better than we think. And I think we all think he's good. I'm going to take the Texans. I... I think CJ Stroud, I watch him play. I love his, I love his setup. I love his arm strength. I love his accuracy. I think he's sensational. Yeah. I had no idea. His comp was Jared Goff. I didn't know he would be slightly better than Jared his first year. I thought comp is like, he'll become, I'm like, he's Jared Goff with more of a power arm that moves better. So I like the Texans here, sharper square.
3: Well, look, I, I, we discussed this exact game today, and, and for those who are listening for the first time on my podcast, The Favorites, we will do this segment where we do something called Sharp Calls, and we get calls, me and my co-host, Simon Hunter, we'll get calls from professional betters throughout the week who listen to our show on Tuesday, and then on Thursday, by, by Thursday, they've got opinions, and they will call us over the 48 hours between Tuesday and Thursday and give us their opinions. This game was completely divided. So the Texans opened as one and a half point underdogs in this game, Sunday night. I will tell you right now, it was the first game that I bet the Texans plus one and a half. The wise guys bet it too. They betted at one, then they bet it at pick, then they betted at Texans minus one. Now it's minus one and a half. So you're, I agree the Texans are still the right side. I think CJ Stroud- Remember
0: last week, I told you, I think they're going to
3: clobber the Titans. They're a better team. hundred percent, right? They are a better team. Gardner Minshew plays with fire every week. He has the fourth most turnover worthy throws of anybody in the NFL behind Josh Dobbs, Desmond Ritter, Daniel Jones, okay? Shane Steichen just keeps him out of trouble. But when Gardner Minshew has to come back or potentially is in trouble, that's when there's trouble, right? And so you're kind of betting on CJ Stroud to be better than Gardner Minshew in a close game where every possession is going to matter. On the field, that's what you're doing. Totally sharp. Here's why the wise guys might not be on your side. And this is why this game was split and such a good debate today. When you start betting on a team that goes from being an underdog to being a favorite, historically, the percentages work against you in terms of covering. So that's why wise guys, when it's at one and a half, Texans minus one and a half, they start to walk away and start to think about the Colts. The second game is
0: Bill Belichick is nothing if not a grudge holder. He wants to win this game so much because his career, I mean, there's like multiple stories out of the Boston Herald, Belichick's out, he's told his staff, he wants to screw up their draft. He's going to walk out of here, get the Washington job. He cares so deeply about winning. You think he wants to hand them Michael Penix or Drake May? He wants him fifth. I, I'm just going to say, they if, they if you watch them the last three weeks, I mean, against Buffalo, you're like, oh, they're really competing. Oh, yeah. They're really competing. I'm going to take the Patriots minus two and a half at home to beat a listless Jets
3: team. Yeah, it's totally square. Uh, You're stepping in it. Look, it's not a game that anybody wants to bet. This all of a sudden is the corner TV game, right? Because you're getting a short home favorite in which the bookmakers are saying to the squares, come on, I dare you. Take the short home favorite, take the team that has been competitive the past few weeks at less than a field goal. That's what we want you to do. And if the bookmakers are telling you they want you to do something, then you want to do something else. So the wise guys are going to be on the Jets here, but this is not one of those games where everyone's like, oh yeah, I got to take, there is huge edge in the Jets or the Patriots in this game. I will tell you one other thing, and it's interesting for this week because it's applicable for every game. Home teams in division games, the past five years, 47% against the spread. That's weird. Yeah. It is. That's weird. It is. But then you got to like, look, Colin, there's a million stats and trends that you could sort of layer onto this, right? You got to think about, and it's not applicable in this game, but it will be in others. Like you can't take every trend and just say, okay, I'm going to do it. Trends are the handrail on the roller coaster. If you've got an opinion, they might make you feel a little more secure. It can make you feel like you're making a better decision. It should not be what you base your decision on.
0: All right, a game I like Bills minus 3 at Miami. Now Chubb and Phillips are out. No pass rush against Josh Allen. I think the Bills um are a better team. I think they were looking ahead to Miami when they played New England. I thought the Dolphins were awful defensively. Um I think the reality has hit Miami. They now their defense had a pass rush and not much else and now it doesn't have a pass rush. Buffalo's a better team. Josh Allen has beaten against Miami. Like Brian Flores couldn't stop him. Mike McDaniel, they just don't have the personnel. I'm going to take Buffalo to win by a touchdown minus three, sharper square.
3: Most interesting game on the board. I'll tell you right now it's square, but I will also tell you, you and I and our best friend, Simon, we're making an executive decision on this. We're going to be in the foxhole together. We like the Bills in this spot let me give you some interesting stats i didn't tyreek hill by the way house burns down midweek look you, so you mentioned
0: like, you tell me that's not
3: disruptive listen you mentioned chubb you mentioned the injuries on the defensive side of the ball tyreek hill has been playing injured waddle has been playing injured i do think i am not a guy who like believes that there are emotional storylines that can be hindrances because these guys are professionals But look, Tyreek Hill, there was video from practice. He did not look like, it looked like he was taking this as he should, which is scary and something that can be a distraction, right? I agree with you in every respect on this game. Here's something cool. October 2nd. So um, on October 2nd, Buffalo was minus 140 to win the AFC East. Miami was plus 138. On um, December 3rd, Two months later, Buffalo plus, oh, well, let me get my glasses on here because I want to make sure I read it right. I didn't know you were going to ask me this question. So it just, just happens to be Buffalo plus 1,500 to win the AFC East, Miami minus 400. Okay. So basically for those listening, you don't know, Buffalo was such a long shot that they were not even a consideration to win the AFC East, Miami minus was so much, was expected to win so easily that you had to spend so much money if you wanted to bet on them. Right now, Buffalo has the the shortest odds it's had all season, minus 165, to win the AFC East. It has been a roller coaster. What's amazing is Buffalo could end up being the best team in the NFL right now. And if they don't win this game, they might not make the playoffs.
0: Okay, now, we do a dumpster dive, but since most of the schedule's dumpster diving, yes. I want to end this week with Michigan and Washington. So I took Washington money line against Texas and I took Michigan against Bama went 2-0. I do think Michigan matches up much better against Washington. Yeah. They don't give up cheap over the top touchdowns. And I do worry, Kalen DeBoer is a remarkable coach with extra time. Um, they don't have extra time. So now you've got to play back to back against a superior team. Washington heavily penalized. Michigan never penalized. The older team is Michigan. They're the better team. They have seven blowouts. Washington just keeps winning narrowly. I'm a Husky. I'm I'm, I'm bow down to Washington, but I think Michigan wins this game by a touchdown. I would swallow the four, four and a half, all odds provided by DraftKings, sharper square.
3: I don't have a strong opinion. I haven't gotten that much intel in the market of whether or not the wise guys are going to be on the Huskies, or they're going to be on the Wolverines. I don't want to mislead you in any way with that. I don't disagree with your assessment. And look, I, I love this Washington team. I've, yeah, I like. I went to Indiana. I'm a huge fan of Michael Penix. Like the only time we've been relevant since I graduated college was when Michael Penix was playing quarterback yeah. for half of three seasons because he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. I think the guy got job, not getting the Heisman. You put someone with that record those stats the gauntlet of teams that he played in the sec or the big 10 or even the acc he's winning the heisman hands down i think it's i think he got robbed completely but i do agree with you like this michigan team they are unafraid and they beat people up and at the line of scrimmage they are just so freaking physical it is really daunting. And there is nothing like that in the Pac 12. And there is that that is something that Alabama was used to seeing. Like something that combination of speed and physicality that doesn't exist in the Pac 12. So I do think that it'll be a quarter of of Washington being like, oh, even on film we thought it was different, but it's different when you're playing it. So I can't give you a, a specific side, but I do like your analysis.
0: All right, my man. Um, you don't want to bet the Giants? You don't want to bet the Panthers? You don't want what? to bet the Titans? Oh, gross. I will say this. I took the Giants against the Rams. You know, I've said this before. I think Tyrod Taylor is the best backup in the league. That's my opinion. So what's the number this week?
3: Uh, the Giants were at five, five and a half. I like the Giants. A buddy of mine, we were talking about Tyrod Taylor, and he used a great... Analogy. He said, Tyrod Taylor is like getting 19 at the blackjack table. You're not going to get excited about it. You got a pretty good chance at winning, but there's still a chance you could lose, but you're comfortable with it. You feel like you got a shot. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. And I'm stealing it and I'm giving it to you and I want you to steal it. It is uh, exactly who Tyrod Taylor is. So I think, look, the Giants are more competitive with him. They will want to win this game. They will blitz. The Eagles' offensive line is in really struggling right now. Their play calling is struggling. A.J. Brown is struggling. There's something going on. We have seen it all year long with this locker room. So I'll be playing the Giants, and I will definitely be playing the Tennessee Titans plus five and a half.
0: I'm not even going to talk about that. I can't. They're they're unwatchable.
3: You can talk about Arizona
0: and Seattle? Yeah, but I love Kyler Murray. So I love watching them play. I love watching Kyler Murray play. Love him. I really do. Okay, Connor's great. The running back, Kyler. I can watch them all day. Tennessee is like walking past the construction site. It's just loud, overbearing. (laughs) I can't get out of it fast enough. It's just
3: gross, clanking. Nothing good about it. What about Minnesota, Detroit? That's another one that's oh, fascinating. I, I stay maybe.
0: away. You know, again, it's it's what's Detroit playing for? I don't like those. I don't like these games where I, I wouldn't be shocked. Two series, Detroit leads seven nothing, and they sit all their starters. Yeah. they just wanted
3: their guys to get practice. That's why you're taking Minnesota in that game. Ugh, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins lit him up. Listen, Nick Mullins is the epitome. Of gambling, if Tyrod Taylor is is you know comfortable nineteen, Nick Mullins is a fourteen. Nick Mullins is hitting on sixteen. That is <laughs> Nick Mullins is hitting on sixteen when when the dealer is showing twenty. Like you are just going for it. Yeah, but
0: you know what a sixteen is in blackjack. You're embarrassed you're holding, but you know you have to, or the table disrespects you. But you literally feel like. I've lost all my testosterone. (laughs) I mean, you literally, every time I have a 16, I'm like, you got to hit a 16, but you can't because you're being judged at the table by all the smart people.
3: And that's how Nick Mullins plays.
0: Yeah, I think he's a 12 is what he is. It's like you want to hit it, but
3: not supposed to. Well, all right, fine. All right, buddy. All right, man. Talk to you later.
1: The volume.
0: made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.